Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. Happy Friday, July the 14th. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Those phone numbers work. Different email today. Got a workaround going. Pete Callender Show at WBT.com. Because after uh, many attempts last night to fix my laptop, um, I was able to get a browser to open. And so now uh, I, I can I can get one email. I can access my my uh, all of my favorites and all of that stuff. So I got my Twitter account up and I've got uh, I'm able to do like the prep sheets and stuff. And anyway, so, so I've got one mail program opened. Pete Callender show at WBT.com. And I'll get it. Pete Callender show at WBT.com. Um, who did what again? Joe Biden. <laughs> See, and as soon as I say that, you're probably thinking, what did he do again? Well, let's think of the possibilities, right? He stashed some cocaine in a locker um, at the White House. No. He took some foreign money. Well, I don't actually know. He may have. But no, that's not what I'm talking about. He fell up some stairs or off a bicycle. No. Remember, he's over in Europe. Did he uh, did he misidentify a country again? He did that yesterday. He called Iceland, Ireland, between various sentences of mumbling. But uh, no, this is, uh, there, there was a, all right, I'll give you a hint. There was a photo op and a meet and greet. So there's a bunch of people. They're kind of milling around. I think this was in the Netherlands. I'm not sure. But they're milling around. There's a bunch of people that are, you know, talking and getting their pictures taken. And there's a woman. You know where this is going now, don't you? There's a woman holding a very young child in her arms. And Joe Biden tried to eat her head. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He he went up to this little girl who's probably about three. And he starts, like, he goes in, and I'm thinking hair sniff right here. He's going to hair sniff this child. But he then proceeds to start trying to nibble on her skull. And the child is having none of it. Wants nothing to do with the nibbler in chief. And the, the, there's a guy standing there. I can only assume it's the child's father. And he's just laughing. <sighs> I don't know what to even say about it anymore. It's, guys, this is not normal. This isn't normal. He's nibbling on children's hair. 
in public while on a diplomatic mission in the middle of a war. Oh. Oh, I just, I can't even anymore. It's just, it's an even I can't. It's, it's just, it, it's beyond parody of itself, of himself. Speaking of parodies of himself, Roy Cooper, my good friend Ray, um, taking a bit of a victory lap uh, for uh, North Carolina being named number one for state, uh, number one state for business. I almost said for state business, but that's not it. But no, number one for business. We are the, and this is the second year in a row North Carolina has been named the number one state for business by CNBC. And so, Obviously, they're going to go talk to the governor, CNBC, right? They're, they're going to call up their good friend Ray, and they're going to be like, hey, congrats on making the state so awesome. So how is about you sit for an interview, and we can talk about, uh, you know, how evil the Republicans are. And so that's what he did. David Larson, writing at Carolina Journal, he says, it's a bit like if a group got first prize in the school science fair. And that one kid who didn't really bother to show up to the work sessions, fought all the best ideas, dragged things out when they when they did happen to show up on the rare occasions where they actually were, you know, participating in the process and, and they would just kind of gum up the works, you know. It's as if that kid, and we all know that kid or that coworker, right? You're doing a project and there's there's like there's always one. They're not pulling their weight. They're not contributing anything. And they're just like, like just, you know, launching spitballs from the back row. Yeah. It, sometimes look on occasion that has been me, but um, no, but it's like that kid or that coworker getting called on to make the presentation, to explain the success of their proposal. Like, Oh, look at this. A great idea. You've won the science fair. And then the kid who didn't do anything gets dragged up there or or forces his way to the front or is asked to give the speech and asked to explain to what do you owe your success. And even worse than that, Larson writes, it is as if that student, given the opportunity to explain the project that they had nothing to do with, blasted all the kids who actually did the work, right? <laughs> so not only are you asking the kid that was least responsible for the successful work product, but they get up there, claim the credit for it, and then attack the kids that actually did the work that won. That's Roy Cooper with the number one state for business ranking interview that he did. And I'm not going to play it because it's a nine minute interview and all but about 90 seconds of it is him trashing the Republicans in the legislature. Which is really what you want, you know, like when you're celebrating and spiking the football, like, yes, we're number one. That's that's the time when people are like, oh, wow, North Carolina, number one state for business. And, oh, there's an interview with the governor. Let's take a listen. And he's just up there trashing the state, <laughs> which is that's that's what Ray does. He's been doing it from the beginning, from the from his campaign against Pat McCrory in 2012. No. Oh, man. Does this mean I'm getting old? I can't keep all the elections straight anymore. So 16. Oh, 16. 2016, right? That's when he, yeah. So 2016 is when he 
beat Pat McCrory by like 0.1%, right? And what did he do in that election cycle? He used HB2, which, by the way, he mentioned in this interview on CNBC. He mentioned HB2. It's like a decade ago, man. Come on. All of the categories that North Carolina performed the best in are areas where the Republicans in the legislature have vastly different priorities than Cooper and where the ideas of the legislature have been passed into the law despite the most active veto pen of any governor in state history. In fact, all governors combined. Well, Pete, you know, they've only gotten the veto right for like the last, you know, 20 or 30 years. Doesn't matter. Throughout all of our history, throughout all history of North Carolina, you add up all the vetoes and Cooper's got more. The areas where North Carolina excels, the economy, the workforce, access to capital, technology and innovation, and yes, education. Did Cooper work with Republicans on tax reform? No. Did he work with Republicans to reduce regulations on business? No. Did he work with Republicans to give more choice to families regarding their kids' education? No. You know what the lowest ranking we got, what category it was in? It was called Life, Health, and Inclusion. (laughs) Right, of course. Life, Health, and Inclusion. As Larson calls it, the category basically comes down to how left-leaning the state is on social policy. So if you don't have the po- if, right so if you don't have the policies the lefties like then you're going to get a low score in that category. And in fact that score dragged down states like Florida and Texas. <laughs> and so that's how we beat them. It's cuz we're not we're not quite as low on the life health and inclusion scale apparently as Texas and Florida. Yeah, I'll Hey, what are you doing on uh, Wednesday, July 26th? At 7 o'clock in the evening, why don't you come hang out with us at WBT at the Heist Brewery and Barrel Arts for WBT's News and Brews. It's presented by Dry Otter Waterproofing, and uh, seats are limited, so you want to get your ticket to WBT.com. Uh, head on over there now and uh, pick them up. You can also get all the information. You'll see it's just, you know, we're hanging out, we're talking about stuff, taking questions, uh, we're going to feed you, and we're going to give you a commemorative WBT pint glass as well. So uh, go to WBT.com uh, and get yourself some tickets. All right, so uh, Roy Cooper, governor of North Carolina, obviously the person responsible for all of the success of the state over the last, uh, gosh, 15 years, um, because, you know, him being governor for, you know, the last seven Um He's the guy that they bring on to talk about how North Carolina ranked number one in uh, for business in America by CNBC. And this is the second straight year that North Carolina has gotten this honor. And so they bring him on and he starts running his mouth about how terrible the legislature is, which just look from a. 
from a marketing standpoint, from a tourism economic development standpoint, like what the hell are you doing, man? Seriously, what are you doing? This is the this is the time where you you get up there and you talk about how great North Carolina is, even if you didn't do the things and actively opposed the things that made America or made America great, made North Carolina uh, the number one pick, even if you had nothing to do with it, my goodness, can't you just sell the state? Can't you just be a, a booster for the state just just once, one time? I mean, he does he does say, "Yay, North Carolina, we're great." Out of the the nine minute interview, he goes off. Uh, he spends seven minutes out of the nine minutes trashing the Republican-led legislature over diversity and inclusion, gender and sexuality issues, and, of course, abortion. He even managed to sneak in a mention of HB2. Pat Ryan at the Carolina Partnership for Reform, Pat Ryan used to work in Phil Berger's office, and he's been uh, running this website and this organization. It's a public benefit organization. They do policy research, that kind of stuff. Um... But it's a conservative organization. Pat Ryan's a conservative. He's a Republican. But he says, just drop the sword and take the win, Governor. Right? North Carolina has seen a boom decade. And it's been under the leadership of the GOP when they took over in 2011. The legislature has managed to dramatically slash personal and business tax rates while steadily increasing education funding. Because of smart policies, we're attracting families and companies in droves. While the reform majority deserves a lot of the credit for ushering in these policies, there's room to praise legislators from both parties. Seven Democrats this year crossed the aisle to support the Senate budget. Right? You can say that, we that, that yeah, the budget the reforms were implemented. Because even Democrats, I remember this, before uh, Democrats lost control of the legislature... There were Democrats that I interviewed years ago, early 2000s, and they talked about how the tax system needed to be overhauled. It needed to be reformed because it was based on a different kind of economy, a more agrarian economy, right? It wasn't structured for like the closing of the textile mills and such. And so when Republicans won, they began implementing their policy reforms, And this is the result of it, being ranked number one. Now, we did not do well in the life, health, and inclusion category, which is similar to like a DEI or ESG analysis. Florida, um, the only states that had a better economy than North Carolina were Florida, which was number one, and Texas, which was number two. But their life, health, and inclusion ratings were so low that neither of them We're in the top five for business. It turns out the DEI category dings you for banning DEI. Who knew? David Larson at Carolina Journal says the assumption, I suppose, is that businesses are uniformly on the far left. So any conservative law is de facto anti-business. Isn't that amazing that they, they, they have a basket category, right? Of all, like how left are you as a state? The weighting of this factor, of this category, the weight that it has, seems to be specifically created to acknowledge which states' businesses are 
moving to and where the economy is booming while also creating a category so that the struggling blue states can get some extra credit, <laughs> right? It's like, okay, look, you're going to give abortion on demand um, and, uh, you know, state-paid sex changes for everybody, uh, lots of DEI departments and every single state organization. And so, yes, you're awesome. But as both Cooper and the interviewer acknowledged, businesses don't seem to be leaving states like North Carolina or Texas or Florida. They're not heading to Vermont, which was number one in life, health and inclusion, but number 39 in economy and number 40 in cost of doing business. If the cat, if the measurement is the number one state for business. Why are you looking at how lefty a state is as a category? Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Uh, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. I appreciate the advice. I do appreciate the advice here that I've gotten on um, on some of the fixes. Uh, I got some uh, yesterday as well from Greg. But like, So... I mentioned this, uh, well, so yesterday I realized just as the show was starting that whatever the Windows update did, it it broke my laptop. And so the little task bar on the bottom, you know, where you can just like, you click the start menu or you click an icon for like your web browser uh, or your email, like that, that little bar on the bottom is gone now. And the Windows button doesn't pull anything up. You can't get, you can't get to... Like Explorer or anything like that, the the uh, the help function works. So the function one, right, and that'll bring up that. And, and so I can kind of, and that's what I did last night. I was kind of messing around, and it took me like an hour, but I finally popped a link open where I could get my Brave browser up. And so now I've got that. So now I can get to some of the programs that I use, like uh, to build the podcast uh, descriptions and stuff, the Twitter feed, uh, my show prep sheet, my emails, uh, but not all of them. Because I have an Outlook program, and I can't get to it because I can't pull up a menu of all of the apps that are on the computer. So, um, and which is not a big deal because what I'm going to do is this weekend. I just didn't want to do it last night because I need the computer for today. I'm like, okay, I got the browser up, and I now I created some desk because the desktop icons load. It just takes like about six, seven, eight minutes when I boot up the computer. It's just a black screen. But I can open up the task manager. And after about six, seven, eight minutes or so, then the the desktop loads. It's not a memory issue either. So because there's nothing there's nothing on the computer. I just use it for the show now. I have a PC at home. So all I do is I put my sound bites, you know, like the most famous ones, right? For the Twitter files, right? So I load all of that stuff onto the desktop and that's what runs. Uh, that's how I play the sound bites and stuff, and I use it for the show. So I'm just going to wipe the whole thing. <laughs> just, after the show today, I'm going to wipe the whole laptop, and uh, we'll see what happens. So, 
But uh, thank you for the suggestions on the fixes. I do appreciate it. Um, that is one of the benefits, I will say, um, of being a, a talk show host is that I can get on the air and, and say these problems, but doing it, you know, you try to make it a, an entertaining way. Like, oh, my gosh, can you believe this thing happened? And then everybody fixes your problem for you. <laughs> I, get, I get folks to write me and they'll say, oh, this is how you fix this thing. You should try this or that. And usually stuff like that works. And then I can, you know, I can move on. Um, so at the beginning of the show, I mentioned that Joe Biden has done it again. He has been uh, caught on tape or on video, I should say, um, trying to nibble a child's hair and or head. Uh, the girl seems to be about three years old in mom's arms. They're doing uh, a meet and greet, I called it. Uh, which I did get a message here, which, by the way, if you would like to email, this is the email that will come to me. It's Pete Callender show at WBT.com. Pete Callender show at WBT.com. So I called it a meet and greet. And I got a message from Joseph who says it's not a meet and greet with old grabby dotar Joe. It's called a groping and sniff. That's it. Well, now I have heard it called a, a, a grip and grin. Right. The grip and grin. The handshakes and smiles, grip and grin. So I guess it could be a groping grin or a sniffing grin. A gripping, a gripping sniff, a groping sniff. Yeah, that's how you get there, groping sniff. Um, and so he's, I think, he, I thought he was going in for the, for the, let me smell your hair, little girl. And But then he starts doing this really weird thing where he apparently thinks that, I guess, her head is a scoop of chocolate chocolate chip ice cream. I don't know, but he does this all the time and it's weird. Um, I got some messages on the Twitter machine. Icky Foo calls him a Cretan. Um, and Mandy says, Joe is morphing into that creepy old dude from Poltergeist. <laughs> uh, completely inappropriate of president and parent says bang 13, 13, 13. Um. Oh, and then here's a, a here's a meme from uh, Silence of the Lambs, Anthony Hopkins. Good Wahoo says the man really needs to be in a locked padded room. Even the real POTUS Barry has to be very worried. The marionette has no functioning brain. That's <laughs> um. Yeah. Got oh, and then there's this I mentioned um. Mentioned uh, Roy Cooper. We're going to get into some of this school stuff again because we've got um, we got another school parents' rights bill that's being moved, children's law omnibus bill that was rolled out, and, and it's a there's a process in the North Carolina legislature. They call it a uh, well, I don't remember what they call it, a, 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 like a, a, a gut and amend or something like that. I, what, I, I don't like that term. I use the term gut and stuff. So what happens is you have a deadline where all the bills that are filed in the House have to be approved by the House and sent to the Senate, and all the bills that were first introduced in the Senate have to be approved and sent to the House, and they call it crossover. So what happens is if you don't get your bill to cross over, and this happened a couple of weeks back, so if you don't meet that crossover deadline, your bill's basically dead, unless, unless you can find just a little old bill that maybe made crossover, but it's kind of hung up in a committee someplace. 
and you can then gut it and stuff it with a different bill. This is how they did the, uh, remember when Pat McCrory was governor and they uh, they approved uh, like the barest of minimum health standards for abortion clinics, which were going essentially unpoliced, uninspected. Uh, you know, they, like the one in Asheville, when I was working up in Asheville, this is uh, when that bill uh, was was a, this is an example of the gut and stuff. It was a motorcycle safety bill and it got gutted and then stuffed with the abortion clinic regulations. And yes, of course, the left went nuts over this. How dare you try to maintain a healthy environment for women? Because that's what women's health is all about, obviously, is to make sure that they are in, you know, dirty conditions when they go to a clinic. And so they just said, hey, look, if, you know, it's good enough for veterinarians clinics, then maybe it should be good enough for an abortion clinic. And that was too much. So, But they did they did pass them. McCrory signed them into law. And uh, that prompted a lot of the outrage from the uh, uh, the leftist groups about uh, women's reproductive justice and such. But there's a, this is hilarious, there's a, uh, a chick on Twitter, her name is uh, Emmy something or other here, um, but, and she's got a very big following, she's a left, about um, Moms for Liberty and such. And she says, why should some extremist religious parents dictate what goes on in our public schools? Because this is part of this children's law omnibus. I'm going to explain it in a minute. She says, why should some extremist religious parents dictate what goes on in our public schools? This is Christian nationalism, and it has no place in our schools, government, or public spaces. Parent your own kids, and I'll parent mine. And I said, that sounds like a perfectly fine standard. For everybody, what do you say, right? You parent your kids, I'll parent mine, and live and let live. How about that? Unfortunately, that's not been the standard employed by leftists in government-controlled K-12 schools, right? That's not been what's happening. So let's give all the parents the ability to choose their own schools, I said, right? That seems like an easy fix here. And then she says, fine, but parents should choose where and how their children are educated, but not with my taxes. No way. So I, oh, so what, we deprive the poor kids? The opportunity that the rich kids have? She's inadvertently making the case for vouchers, which she opposes to. See, it's not about leave my kids alone, I'll leave your kids alone. It's leave my kids alone, and I'm not going to leave your kids alone, and you're going to like it. You're going to accept it. Just talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. If you would like to email, Show at WBT.com. And you can always follow me on the Twitter machine, at Pete Callender. Um, That's where we do the wet work. Yeah, the video of Biden is now, uh, it's starting to go viral. It happened, apparently, just like within the last, I guess, hour and a half, two hours or so. The video came out. It's uh, I've seen somebody describe it as he's licking the child's head. I don't, I don't know if he's licking the head. He, I, I distinctly see some chomping motions, like that. You know, you can't hear. No, you can't hear any of the sounds. So, because it's the, the the clip that's gone viral is from a news story. Somebody's like talking over, there's like an anchor woman talking over 
So you can't hear any of the room. I am curious to know if there's anybody close. There's because you could see some people are close by with some phones held up recording or taking pictures. So I'm curious if we're going to get some different angles. Maybe we get a uh, get some sound on that because the child is obviously terrified. The child, the child is not having a good time. Although considering the ruling out of Italy, it did not last ten seconds. So that's not assault. Now I'm curious, what do you think the uh, what do you think the response will be? What's the cover story going to be here? Maybe have the Secret Service investigate, and come up with you know, come up with nothing after 11 days, like they did with the uh, White House cocaine and apparently pot. Did you hear that? There was apparently pot in the White House on two different occasions in, like in the last two years, too. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, Scott says Joe Biden is the human form of Herbert the pervert from Family Guy. That's it. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, my goodness. No, we know what the, the media coverage is going to be, right? You know what the stories are going to be. They're, you're going to see the video. And then the, the narrative will be Republicans pounce. Exactly. The, the, the reaction to the scandal. It's not the, the story is not about the scandal. The story, because it, the scandal is about a Democrat, the, the story is the way the Republicans respond to the scandal. Right? Could you imagine if Donald Trump had as many offenses of this nature, right? If there was, because I'm aware of at least three other instances where this has occurred, where Biden is getting handsy or sniffing young girls. He's, he does it to grown women as well, but young girls under the age of like 12, let's say. This is now like the fourth or fifth, I guess. It's, it's a pattern, folks. And so when, uh, when the stories are starting to be told about this, what form do they take? It's going to be, well, if it's a conservative media outlet, then it'll be about the video and look at this as really weird, creepy behavior. Um, but if it's from the legacy media outlets and the lefty outlets, if they even bother to mention it or cover it at all, it will be Republicans are seizing on this to attack the president as a pedophile or something. And then they'll probably link it up to like QAnon, Sound of Freedom, (laughs) Mark Robinson. They'll throw it all in there. Moms for Liberty. Just put it all together. It's just one big ball of, you know, crazy conspiracy theories. It's like it's not a conspiracy theory. There's literally video of this president sniffing and licking and chewing young girls' hair and heads. It's just weird. What do you think they tell him in private? <laughs> what do you think? Like when they, because you know the comms team is seeing this, right? The comms team, if they didn't see it happen when it happened, you know they're seeing it on viral video now. They're, they're monitoring this stuff. So now they're getting the, the videos out there and they're like, oh my gosh. All right. What are we going to say to the president? Like, what do you do if you are in the comms shop? If you're an aide to the president, what do you go tell him? Yo, Joe. Maybe stop. Uh, maybe stop munching on the uh, on the little girl's scalps. Just maybe just show some restraint. You know, like don't go licking their hair. <laughs>
Okay? How about that? Can you even say it like that? Because apparently you're not even allowed to talk with Joe about Hunter. And you darn sure can't mention the seventh grandchild. Which, hey, maybe Joe, tell Joe it's a granddaughter. Free sniffs. Free sniffs. Just invite her to the White House and he can sniff away. How about that? Is that a deal? I'm all about solutions here.